BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Episode 158 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. Don't lose hope. Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. Welcome to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. I'm Chris Hahn, your host. Thank you for liking, subscribing, rating, reviewing, telling your friends about this podcast. Uh, hope you're enjoying it as much as I enjoy doing this because I really do. It's very, very good to have a night where I'm not on radio and I'm talking directly into the microphone to you. And um, there's always something to talk about. And this week is no different. Uh, I am going to talk to Katrina Van uh, Heuvel, um, who is the publisher of The Nation. I know many of you read The Nation. I have many guests from The Nation on this show. Um, one of my favorite uh, progressive magazines, online magazines now pretty much. Uh, so she'll be here to talk about guns uh, because when I taped this on Thursday, there was yet another shooting, right? We had Uvalde, uh, and then we had the shooting in Oklahoma, uh, in Tulsa, at the hospital uh, the day I taped this. So we were having yet another one. And, of course, there's been 17 mass shootings since then as I taped this on a Monday night, uh, at least that I know of. There may have been 18 or 19 uh, because they seem to be happening every minute in this country, and it is a, a travesty. And um, I don't want to lose hope, right? And I think that's something Katrina and I talked about. Uh, I don't want to lose hope that there's uh, no chance for change. I am not optimistic that the Congress will figure this out this time either. Um, They are clearly not going to ban assault weapons. They will do as little as possible because that's what the Republicans want to do. Um. But there is some hope that there could be some small changes to guns. Gun safety, rather. So let's hope they do something. Let's hope they raise the age to buy these guns to 21. Personally, I think a waiting period is very much needed. I think these cases the last couple of days make that very clear. These kids, and they were kids, bought these guns and then went and committed the crime. Um, waiting period, strict background checks during that waiting period, letting people who are associated with the people who are buying the gun know that those people are buying a gun during the waiting period. So perhaps if there is a mental health issue, it can be addressed. If there is a mental health crisis, 
it could be addressed like a breakup or something else that might be driving this person to commit murder with this weapon. It could be addressed and perhaps the gun will not be purchased. But I don't know. There's a lot going on on this planet. Uh, Oil prices, gas prices, I should say, continue to rise. Uh, We've talked about this a lot on this show. Uh, Gas is priced right now as if oil was trading at $300 a barrel. It is not. It's nowhere near that. Why we're paying that premium is beyond me, and it's something that the Congress needs to investigate immediately. Um, You know, we keep saying there's not a lot they can do. There is. They could investigate this price gouging. Here in New York, uh, in my county, uh, they got rid of gas taxes at the county and the state level, and that should have been about a 50 cents a gallon savings or 35 cents a gallon savings. All got eaten up. Prices are exactly the same. Um, Somebody needs to have a hearing on this, both at the state and the federal level, to find out what's really going on um, with this pricing of oil. And again, uh, I'm not saying set the price, but there seems to be some profit-taking going on right now, and I think it's despicable. And it is going to cost Democrats seats in the Congress in November if it's not rectified soon. And Congress needs to get there and do it, do the work. Get in there, hold these hearings, do it. Now, I am really looking forward to the January 6th committee hearings that will take place in prime time on Thursday night. Now, I don't know why they did it in prime time. I don't think that that was necessary. And it's not like it used to be, right? The television market, you know, you could have it on ABC, NBC, Fox, CBS, all of the news channels. They could be covering these hearings. But we have Netflix. We have Hulu. Uh, I'm watching this show on Hulu called The Great. I love it. Uh, I highly recommend it. Who who knew Elle Fanning was such a great actress? She is. She's fantastic. It's quirky. Um, I'm not really a guy who likes period pieces. This is a period piece. It's 18th century Russia. And she plays Catherine the Great. Uh, check it out. You might enjoy it. But I'm also watching Stranger Things season four. I'm also watching Obi-Wan. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of good television and none of it's on the networks. So there's a, a real, you know, issue here. If, if you know, are people going to watch this? Is it going to break through? Uh, I did an interview for the Washington Post. I don't mean to toot my own horn, but <laughs> I did. Actually, a, a former guest on this podcast Jeremy Barr, who I actually met when he was a news media correspondent for The Hollywood Reporter, uh, and now he's over at uh, The Washington Post. He called me up today and said, hey, you know, how do you think this is going to be covered on right-wing media? And I told him, I said, look, I think that some of the newsier people on Fox will cover it. I mean, Brett Baer is going to cover it, um, I, I would imagine. I would imagine the daytime day parts are going to cover it. But I don't think Tucker, I don't think Fox is going to break into Tucker uh, for the January 6th commission, committee hearings. I just don't think that's going to happen. Could. Uh, they should be doing that. They should be covering this live. It is a news event. It is newsworthy. But I doubt that's going to happen. And I think what you're going to see there is more conspiracy theories around the January 6th committee. What are they doing? Are they trying to take away your freedom from Tucker? Uh, to downright ignoring it on some of the other shows. I think by 11 o'clock, I think when or 12 o'clock, when Shannon Breen comes in, I think you'll start to see it. Maybe some others will mention it, but I don't think it's going to get the coverage it deserves. But I hope they know what they're doing. 
I hope they have stuff that we haven't seen. I hope they have stuff that are going to shock people. Now, look, I'm over, look, I I'm with them 100%. I think this was a criminal act. I think it was intentional. Uh, but you've got to show the public your work in these hearings. And I hope to God they are going to show the public in a way that people can't ignore. Now, I, I don't mean every person can't ignore because, look, the 40%, 30% of this country who thinks Trump won in 2020 and thinks he's going to be reinstated as president, there is nothing you can say to them that will convince them they are wrong. But elections are won in the center. Elections are won by people who don't necessarily identify, don't necessarily pay attention. I hope that what is discussed on Thursday night will be so shocking that people in the middle can't ignore it. Uh, I fear, though, that it won't be. And, and we'll see. You know, I'm going to watch it with uh, with great interest. And then I'll come back here on uh, uh, next Tuesday. You could listen to my thoughts on it. Uh, or if you listen to me on the radio on Thursday night. Uh, actually, I'm not on this Thursday night. Uh, I am taking this Thursday night off. But I'll be on other television shows. You'll be able to see me. I'll, I'll be talking about this all over the place. So um, follow me on Twitter, at Christopher Hunt on Twitter, if you want to know what be on TV. All right, so I'm not going to waste any more time talking. Uh, I'll be back to wrap up the show after my interview with Katrina. Uh, she's great. You definitely want to listen to it. So stick around. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at discounttire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Katrina Vanden Heuvel, who is the publisher of The Nation, the chief cook and bottle washer over there, uh, <laughs> as we'd like to say. She's joining me. She's back. I, I've had you on once before. I love talking to you. And what else are we going to talk about? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's funny. I'm not laughing anymore. No. A lot of um, stuff to talk about. Um, yeah, and I think President Biden understands there's a lot to not just talk about, but to try and move, but also communicate with people. Right. The American people, you know, my understanding, haven't clocked it in exactly, but he has not given many primetime. No. I think this is like his second one. Or maybe, yeah, third or fourth, but it's not up there in, you know, double digits. Right. It's going to be, well, and it will be important to, um, though, you know, I think one of the problems, Chris, um, and I'm sure you you feel it, people who listen to you feel it. Hopelessness is sometimes the most powerful tool. Yeah. And the sense of day after day, the relentless cascade of crises, of brutality, of blood, of kids, new massacre in a school, a church, or a supermarket. This is what the National Rifle Association counts on. And I think uh, if if people, in anything, but this is, you know, so brutal, but if Americans believe nothing can be done... 
then even the most well-intended people move on, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's something that 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 process needs to break yeah. and, and that there's a sense of urgency and that something must be done, uh, not tiny, but moving forward. Yeah. And, I, and it's true that states, many states have the ability to do things, but it's not only this idea of hopelessness, which demobilizes people when people want to know something they can do, but also the media, which we're part of, you know, they, it turns away. It hasn't been able to right. in the last well, weeks. I'm thinking of Brian Stelter on CNN, who literally had to interrupt, I think, coverage of Texas to talk about a gun shooting, uh, smaller scale, but still. And yeah. I think the media turning away from the mass shootings, it's probably time and maybe good places do. We should consider this at the nation, but a beat, just an ongoing beat. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I think that, it should be a beat, like mass shootings, gun deaths, gun violence in America. I mean, gun it's, violence, yeah. It is a, it's a, you know, we have Buffalo, we have uh, Uvalde, and then we have Tulsa. Right. In, in like a 25 day period. Yeah. And the numbers, you know, the numbers don't even deliver it. I do think um, indiv- each, each, each case is an individual case. I was struck the other night, my daughter's boyfriend was born in St. Francis Hospital Wow! in Tulsa. Wow. He knew, his father knew well one of the doctors. But it's it's just despairing, and, and you know, in all cases, I think there are things that need to be done, and I'm not just talking about the legislation, which is so tough, or executive actions, which take you, take you a ways, and those who say, well, the next president can roll them back if it's you know, not of the same party. Right. So it should be common sense and transpartisan. You know, listen, we still have time to save lives. I mean, an executive action now is a couple years. So, right. But I, I do think um, we need antidotes to despair. And I uh, think that, you know, there's probably not enough going to move. The states have things moving, as I said. But we need to think creatively. There are people who are talking about a new department, like a, you know, the, the constant refrain that it's not the guns, it's mental health. Right. You know, it's never one thing. Right. If someone wasn't well, mental, you know, had mental issues, health issues, with a gun. Yeah, they're dangerous. Yeah. Mental health is a problem all over the world. Gun, That's right. you know, mass shootings is a problem here. It's just, it, it's, it's plain as the nose on my face. There's but, you know, I've just been reading about gun. So I think you need to bring in gun owners, mm. and there needs to be a coalition. Yeah, there's a there's uh, someone went out and talked to about five or six gun owners. Not I can't say across the country because it's like Montana, Utah, Texas, but you do hear too often from like a young woman who a lot of it's growing up in families too. Right, families believed in guns as a way one of security. And individualism, but there are a few there who are like, we don't need these AR-15. You know, uh, they're like missiles, right? So there's there you can kind of speak to people who would be part of a coalition that I think would move things, but one has to begin. Yep, and I always say, you know, I've been saying a lot of things about guns lately, but I have been hot on this waiting period. These last couple of shootings are very clear. That if yeah. maybe there was like a 60 day waiting period and during that time, the background checked, including contacting people 
around this like, person to let them know they're buying a gun. Right. Maybe th- maybe somebody would have said, why are you buying a gun? Yeah. And talk to this person and maybe talk them down from the ledge. No, they're the red flag laws, but there's also the age, I, you know, but there's just the banning a certain, not banning, but, you know, time. I do think the assault ban, assault weapon ban was an important move in yeah. 2000. And God, it's been a long time, right? 2004. Yeah. And it was sunsetted, as your listeners, as you know. Yep. And it's folly to say there weren't, there wasn't an increase in uh no, the statistics show that there has been a major increase since that law lapsed. And there have been, you know, gun homicide rates in states with more permissive carry policies. People are tracking it. Yep. 11% higher than in states with stricter laws. So this was in 2020. And the probability of mass shootings increasing by roughly 53% mm. in states with more gun ownership. Mm. Um, there is talk maybe of a federal office of gun violence pretend, pre, uh, prevention. And I mean, yeah, sure, address gun violence is a public health issue, but right. that doesn't mean trying to get, we have more guns than people. Put it in the yeah. Department of Homeland Security. I mean, I've been yeah. making the the comparison to 9-11. I mean, I worked in the Senate on 9-11. We moved heaven and earth to create a new agency. Because three thousand human services, I mean, right? Really about a security of you know of of a, a different approach to security, right? Now we got a Supreme Court, which is about to come forward with a decision. You know they have thirty three decisions remaining. Amazing. Amazing, isn't it? Amazing. But it's a decision that may well Heller. The Second Amendment decision, I guess, about a decade ago has already been kind of opened up in yep. the wrong way. And this one may ev- open it up even more. Yeah. And uh, that's just real. But, you know, elections remain the best tools for tackling gun violence. Yep. Over The overwhelming majorities of Americans support background checks and assault weapons bans is a really interesting thing to think about. I do think there's an intensity mm. on the part of, and I'm not talking hunting gun owners, but, you know, those who just don't want to give up anything and believe that they're being oppressed right. or repressed, you know? Right. I, I don't, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how they even feel that way. It just doesn't make any sense. Well, there's, listen, look at the mandates. I mean, the, the mask mandates, there's yeah. a strong streak in this country. Seatbelts. Yeah. The Pe- fight about that. People in this country confuse minor inconveniences with assaults on their freedom. Right. And that is and a that, big that's problem. that's part of the makeup so you get a country, like, it's ridiculous where people, well, Australia's too small. No, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a very similar tradition in some ways. It's yeah. out, you know, it's an independent, out there country, but it did do the buyback. I think a buyback, look what happened, it's ter- you know, what happened not only when President Obama, a Democrat, was elected, the run on gun shops, but also after, I think, Buffalo and Uvalde. Yeah. I mean, because people suspect that there'll be... Uh, reform yeah. of They'll a be banned. Mind. They'll be banned, and the NRA loves it because they don't care about gun rights. They care about gun sales. That's their they thing. They don't care. That, you know what? You're so right, and people, listeners should go back and just research, do a search. I mean, NRA many, many years ago was more an association for hunters, for people who wanted to own one gun, but it's moved. Right. I mean, Wayne, Wayne LaPierre, LaPierre, who was famous in talking about, you know, the best person... A good guy with a gun. The only stops a bad yeah, guy with a gun, which Uvalde proved not to be true. You had right. you had nineteen right. very well trained, very well armed men who did not stop the man for an hour, and kids died as a result. 
Ellie wrote a piece about overturning the Second Amendment in yep. the nation last week, and and you know, I, I know I, I've I've been one of those people who've been like, you know, it starts out. Can we just overturn the comma? Like, uh-huh. can we just get rid of the comma? Did a comma mean what it meant in in seventeen eighty nine? Did a comma mean what it means today? I mean, I, I don't. No, it's but it's you know we're. we're you know, we got 33 more decisions coming from this court before the end of June. Uh, one of them is going to be as the great Ellie Mistal, the nation's justice correspondent, writes at thenation.com. It's about, you know, after radically expanding, he writes the definition of the Second Amendment. The Supreme Court is posed to give gunslingers yet another big wet kiss. Yeah. And we know we were talking what you need to do to stanch, you know, kind of begin to end gun violence. You have to restrict gun access. Right. And there's, you know, the, the court is not accountable. And the idea that the court, you know, the idea that suddenly people have realized the court is a political uh, kind of instrument is sad, but laughable. Right. Um, it's and, like a less democratic Senate if, if there could be such a thing. Uh, but, you know, the, Repub- the interpretation of the Supreme Court's interpretation of the Second Amendment has... Um, stop the possibility of passing new gun safety legislation. And that inaction is largely happening against the backdrop of the court that has weakened gun regulations. We're talking about that in D.C. versus Heller. And you got, as you know, any day the court's likely to rule on this New York State rifle and pistol association versus Bruin, a case about gun permit requirements. So Ellie and his, I think, you know, he's not alone. The idea of uh, repealing this uh, Second Amendment, because the interpretation this court is dealing with, for the most part, is one that the NRA invented. For most of American history, gun regulation and the Second Amendment weren't in conflict. Right. So it's a, it's, but the NRA has played a very important role. I think, you know, I was looking at the docket, and the docket of the court, even though they got 33 decisions left, has been shrinking over the last years. Yeah. But the main kind of um, how to put it, those who bring cases to the court, who get the standing, the Chamber of Commerce, which is linked in some ways with the big business that the NRA has ginned up in these last Right. So you've got a lot of ties that bind and that need to be unbound. Mm. So, Do you think that it's actually possible in this country, you know, given that you, you need, what, uh, three-fifths of the states to come along for the ride? Do you think that it is even possible for Congress to even vote a repeal of the Second Amendment? I'm not an expert, but I will say that on the Electoral College, which again would probably demand that three-fifths ruling, there is creative work that's been done over the decades about an interstate compact. Mm. So there, I would imagine good lawyers, new jurisprudence, could put their minds to something that would, because um, three-fifths on this issue is not going to move right, right now. Right. And I'm not sure it's the most important thing, to be honest, but I think often, and what the nation does and LA does so well, you put out there something that right, right. mobilizes around, understanding that, you know, we live as we live, but we have to keep moving toward well, a, I, I think Democrats, union. Democrats and progressives in this country need to learn to play the long game yeah. in the same way conservatives have with choice, right? I mean, they have been playing well, the long game. Same, this, I will say, Chris, the same way... Conservatives have understood the power of the courts. Right. And, you know, Obama, President Obama probably looked out and saw how tough it would be to pass a lot of 
judiciary position through the Congress at a certain point, but he had a couple of years. Yeah. But every election, we we should have understood that it's not, it is choice, it's gun rights, but it's also corporate power. Mm. It's also consumer rights, it's clean air, it's um, so much that right. the court decides. It's hard to explain that fully because it is such an opaque, distant institution in some ways, and it's been treated wrongly as not a political institution. Right. It is, not too late. It, not too late. It, it is so political. And it is, you know, look, like I've said before, the Senate isn't doing what the Senate's supposed to do. It's supposed to be the cooling saucer of the Republic. It's supposed to be where reason and thought and debate win the day, not pure partisanship. And since it's not doing what it's supposed to do, I think it should be gone. And the Supreme Court's even worse. The Supreme Court, you know how these people are going to vote on controversial issues based on who appointed them. And that shouldn't be. And and that wasn't always the case. And even recently, it wasn't always the case. I would say, keeping with the theme of not, you know, of not giving into hopelessness, I think the states continue to have, again, that's a tough area, but state of California had an assault weapons ban for over 30 years. You can say California, but it's a tough state in many ways. Last June, a conservative judge struck it down. The Ninth Circuit, which is no longer the big liberal Ninth Circuit, it's a different kind of circuit, reinstated the prohibition. But if that case gets to the Supreme Court... So there's it's a bad. lot of state activity that has to be grilled. Yeah, down but the, the Supreme Court's going to overturn all those state, all that state activity. I mean, that, look, I don't mean to seem hopelessness, and I guess I am spiraling in hopelessness the last two weeks over this issue. It's been yeah. I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people, gun advocates, Sandy Hook, Sandy Hook Promise, people like that, right. and they're like, "What is going to happen? We wouldn't bet on anything," and that's really scary when you think about it. The president is going to address the nation, and I know most of my listeners have already heard it because this is pre-taped. What should he be saying? He should talk to the country as someone who is a caring, genuine uh, president who understands the obstacles, but also explains that we've lived with this, these crises, these massacres, these massacres of children, children who are innocent, who deserve better, as do all who've been massacred by gun violence, mm. and understand that, yes, there's gun violence that may be attributable to mental health issues, but above and beyond, we cannot end the gun gun violence without looking at access. And also the fact that there are people who have guns, hunters, but that the massacre AR-15 style weapons are not designed for civilian use. Mm. They're for military, for battlefields, and our country's not a battlefield. Should he make specific proposals yes, around he that? Should. Yeah. I mean, I think he won't do the assault ban, the assault weapons ban, but he should talk and tee that up in a sense, because the AR-15s are so prevalent. Mm. Uh, but I think he has to make, speak to the Judiciary Committee in the House, its vote today, and why that is something we should look at but may not get passed because this country has seen and used this moment as well, the gridlock of one party unwilling to advance the rights that make this country what it is. This is very general, but he will be specific, but he will likely say we cannot do this, but he should point to what we spoke about, Chris, that we cannot be a country of hopelessness. Right. And that is critical, and we are defeating ourselves and our better nature and our children's future and others' futures if we don't begin, begin in earnest and not turn away and not waver 
as so often has been the case. Mm-hmm. Point to those mothers, students who have been working so hard, and point to you know those who should be allies in a coalition of the humane. You know, I mean, this is about humanity, and not make it as much as he can a left-right issue. Yeah, I hear that. I mean, calling out the Republicans is very tempting. I would instead, who knows what, you know, I would call about accountability, accountability for lives lost and destroyed, and not get specific about um, Cornyn or Abbott, but also, but I would bring in a word about the NRA, if you could, that it was once an association for hunters, for small gun owners, gun owners, but there's, why do we need battlefield weapons is america a battlefield right right i i i, I can't understand it i well i do I, you know look i have my theories i think these are people are overcompensating for things that they can't control i don't want to paint a picture but you know what i'm talking about you uh, know it doesn't it you know i'll tell you texas is very tough because one of the big problems in this country today and has been for years, is a distrust of government. Right. There's a reason, like that guy, the Tea Party, many years ago said, get government's hands off my Medicare. Yeah, I know. You know, like it's not part of what a government gives you. Right. And there's a sense that, you know, these police were not on the case. And so there's the danger of people thinking they need the security to protect mm. themselves. It's not going to work out. Nor And he should talk about the danger of hardening Schools. I mean, you know, you got more guns. Remember after 9-11, there was discussion about giving pilots yep. guns and yeah. hardening the uh, cockpit? Which they I did. Mean, they hardened know, the cockpit. I know, and yeah. I know. And, you know, so it, there's, it, it's, a, it's a tributary in our mindset and our history. Right. Taking it on effectively and wisely is something not to waver in doing it, especially at this time. Yeah, you know, you just brought up a point that I hadn't thought about. You know, when we talk about Uvalde and these 19 yeah. police officers sitting outside the door, not doing their job, I, know. I mean, that could that be a case a- for the NRA. It's I like know. their argument. You can't rely on the police. The Look police. what happened. Yeah. And so that's, it's, um, and also when you think of funding all of these services and then, so it, it, I don't want to highlight that, but it is something that. I think has emerged as an issue. Now, do you think now, as we move forward into the election season and primaries are occurring or have occurred across the country and we, we go into these midterm elections, which are going to be highly contested. Um, how do you think this, you know, plays out? Does this add to the Democrats case? Does it subtract from it? Does it do nothing? You know, I think what we're, we're going to find in the uh, 2022, the midterms, is uh, the economy, the economy, the economy. Yeah. And built into that is also inflation and where gas prices are and how the grocery stores are looking. Mm. Uh, Now, this may be especially, you know, but it's important to lift up the Democrats' work to help the American economy recover. And, you know, the administration's role in creating jobs, but we're hearing much more about reports of rising inflation than the reports of record job growth. And one day devoted to inflation and combating inflation isn't going to feed the beast of midterm elections. No. I also have to say, I'm an outlier. I think we need, and I know this is unpopular, we need to really begin thinking about how we have a negotiated, tough, tough resolution of the Ukraine war because 
people are fatigued, and yeah. there will be more and more. Okay, we want in, we want Ukraine independent, free, sovereign, and as prosperous as it can be. But five billion dollars a month, more weapons. I saw today that we're we're importing baby formula because of the shortages, but we don't have shortages sending missiles. Right. And I think in there, we, we never have a shortage security. of weapons in this country. Know. We, you know, we've well, shortage of other. Things. And by the way, there is a link between the militarization of cities and the militarization of our world. I mean, there violence prevention people who are terrific too in cities like Chicago, Baltimore. Where, by the way, on any given weekend, you see numbers like the school shootings. They just don't get reported right. as quickly. But, you know, I do think, and someone brought it up today, I think it was Jay Johnson who used to be a Homeland Security yep. leader. But the idea of beginning carefully, sensitively, to show photographs. Some people have called it the Emmett Till yep. moment because Emmett Till's body, was his mother said, should be shown to the world. Yeah. 54 because of lynching and yep. brutality. Yep. And the Children's Defense Fund, Marion Wright Edelman's amazing group, and the civil rights movement made a strategic decision that children would play a role in the water hoses and other things. I mean, it's difficult. It cannot be crass, cynical. It's right. real. But right. boy, I thought of that 10-year-old, I'll stop, but Mia in Uvalde, who had the, if you can believe it, had the wherewithal to, to smear blood on her yeah, from her yeah. friend and pretend to be dead. Yeah. <gasps> I mean, it's so, it's heartbreaking, right? Oh. It's, it's heartbreaking. And we hear the stories and then some lawmakers just go back, shrug it off. Some of them go to the floor of the House of Representatives to talk about the guns they own, show pictures yeah. of their guns. Well, uh, these I mean, Christmas cards, these holiday cards and this yeah. coming back. To- I mean, it is disgusting. And and I, I I mean disgusting and and crass and it's the kind of thing that used to get you thrown out of politics. Well, the pro- one problem, Chris, to be honest, is the base of money of some of these political figures elected. The politicians say they're fearful of the base mm. ousting them. Yeah. So you have to speak to people, and begin to op- you know engage and persuade. I mean, not with like you know peace signs, but with understanding that if things don't change, it's a pretty tough. Well, picture in all the these scared politicians afraid they, to act. What about public service? Right. Yeah, what is the it's, point of being in I office know. if you're not going to protect children? I, I mean, know. why are you even there for the house gym? It's not that nice. No, it's the barbershop. It's the, oh, the free the free haircuts. Yeah, yeah. Go bald like me, but and then you're, every haircut's people free. People fearful of leaving. Some do. Yeah. Because they're so disgusted. But most people stay as long as they can. Somebody's got to pick a hill. You got to pick a hill, and you got to say, "I'm going to die on that hill because I believe." But in this don't cause. lose hope. Yeah, I mean, hope is not about rosy optimism; it's about work that needs to be done. So, I only have about two minutes left with you. I want to ask you quickly before we yeah. go about January sixth. They're going to have uh, live hearings next week. I know. What are you expecting to see? Well, I, you know, I'm I've talked to Representative Jamie Raskin, who's a key figure, and I expect they are calling a number of people. They're expecting some bombshells. They will put out a serious report, but they understand well in this climate, they need to do shorter and videos and they're going to do as much as they can to bring attention. It is a, as you know, a fractured media environment. We come into this week with what we're talking about now, other issues. So how to really bring people's attention to it. And the hope is to open up some people's minds because there is such a partisan lock. Yeah. 
They're doing it at um, eight o'clock. I wonder if Fox is going to preempt Tucker. Interesting. Interesting. And you know, wonder if they'll they'll get into Ginny Thomas and those you know yeah. merged. I think getting some real nuggets that people can really drive wide, circulate, talk to their neighbors about. You know, I mean, that's critical that it move from outside the blob, yep, yep. The establishment from outside a city where I still think I wanted to send an anthropologist to cover Washington once. I should. Yeah, you probably should. But they... Jamie Raskin is an extraordinary figure. He is someone who led the second impeachment as effectively as could be done, considering. Yep. So I think there's some strength there, but it also demands a media paying attention and other forces and forms of engagement and conversation, your neighbor, and that's what, you know, a lot of our politics reveals these days, that you have to hear from those you trust. I agree. Yep. I agree. Look, I only have 10 seconds left with you now. Where can people find you? I'm uh, at Kate. I can't believe I forgot my Twitter handle. I think it's KVH Nation. <laughs> I'm at um, The Nation. Please come to thenation.com. I also write a weekly column for the Washington Post.com on both these issues. I did one on, I did it before Buffalo. Well, you've been doing it for a long time, and you're fantastic at it, and everybody should check her out. I will tweet out your handle so that you you don't have to. Thank you. Well, Katrina Van Heuvel, always great to have you on. We'll be looking for you at The Nation. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. All right. I hope you enjoyed Katrina's interview. I should have mentioned that at some point we talked about Biden's speech. I was taping it about an hour before he gave the speech. So we didn't know it was in the speech. We now know it was in the speech. I think Biden is excellent at showing he cares. Excellent at feeling empathy. Um... But again, I don't know that a speech is going to solve that problem. Um, I think elections are the only thing that could solve that problem. And we have to start voting on this issue as if our lives depended on it. And for some of us, it does. Nowhere else in the world does this problem exist. So I don't want to dwell on it. I've done you know a bunch of shows on guns. I'm sure I'm going to do another show on guns. Um, I have never been a fan of guns. You know, my dad... When I was a kid, uh, my parents were divorced, and my dad would not allow me to have toy guns. And I got a toy gun after he left, and I would hide it from him. 
right? I had like a water gun or maybe a cap pistol or something stupid like that. I don't know what it was. But it's this like obsession. It's like, you know, I was a little boy and I was obsessed with it. And there's grown men who are like obsessed with it. They want to dress up and play soldier. And I've said this before. It's an old line. We have a perfectly good army. Go join it. The Ukrainians could use some people. Go join the Foreign Legion if you really want to dress up and play soldier. There's places you can go and actually do that. And uh, and maybe learn how to be safe with it and get in shape too. It's it's disgusting to me, frankly. It really is. But it's a big week. We're going to see uh, what kind of impact this January 6th committee is going to have. And let's be hopeful that it convinces people in the middle that it will be irresponsible to return power to people who believe that January 6th was just ordinary political discourse. I mean, come the F on. It was not. It was not political discourse at all. It was terrorism. That's what I saw. And if they connect the dots to show that Trump not only knew that this was going to happen, but helped plan it, and then, of course, did nothing to stop it, which we all know he did nothing to stop it for hours. I think that people in the middle are going to have to have a real serious thought to see you know, what matters to them more, the price of gas or the price of freedom. Because right now, the price of freedom might just be keeping those Republicans out of power. So watch closely, my friends. It's going to be an interesting week. Stay active. Don't lose hope. All is not lost. Not for November. Not for the gun debate. As pessimistic as I might seem right now, I am not without hope. Hope is my favorite word. All right, so I want to remind you now, as I always do, to seek the truth, question everyone and everything, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there, and I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. 